You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Most enterprises use disparate systems to manage spend. The result? A reactive manual approach. CFOs and controllers, you deserve better. You deserve a unified spend platform from Brex. Brex makes it easy to proactively control spend with cards, spend management, travel, and bill pay in one place. You can create budgets with controls built in, track and adjust in real time to keep teams accountable, and automate compliance to close the books faster. Ready to control your spend with one unified platform? Visit Brex.com. When it comes to being an actor, our journey as both an artist and a person tend to occur simultaneously, with growth and maturity in one helping the growth and maturity of the other. In the second half of my conversation with actor and singer Misty Rosas, she shares how her personal development has helped her professionally as well. Because it's really only as we fully realize our true selves and our true purpose or calling that we can somehow find the strength to keep going despite any setbacks or obstacles. I felt it with both characters. Like I got really anxious a few days before because I put my heart and my soul and all of my life experience into these characters. So it was intense. Hello and welcome to another episode of Why I'll Never Make It, or Win Me for short, one of Feedspot's top 25 theater podcasts. I'm your host, Patrick Oliver-Jones, an actor and singer for almost 30 years, and each week I explore the realities of what it really means to make it in the performing arts. The website is whyillnevermakeit.com, and there you can sign up for the monthly newsletter, learn about artist resources, or graciously donate to this podcast. All that and more at whyillnevermakeit.com or click on the link in the show notes. In part one of our conversation, Misty talked about her opportunity to finally pursue one of her first passions as an artist, singing, and the thrill of opening for her favorite band, Air Supply. For the second half of our conversation, we'll talk a bit more about that journey to becoming a singer again. We'll also get into how to handle our own inner critic, that inner voice that isn't always the most supportive of us. And I've even included the final five questions in this episode, where we do an even deeper dive into her work in The Mandalorian. But first, Misty shares the joy and fulfillment that can come from finally saying yes to yourself. It took you a while to finally find that path for yourself, but in 2017, you got to release your first album. And so how was it, you know, having started out as a young kid singing and learning that and, and growing in that to finally all these years later, get to see it come to fruition? Um, it was very emotional because it's like a, a whisper or a wish sometimes that through life and stuff tends to get buried, um, but it follows you. It's always there. You know, I mean, that whole journey began because of a, an acting audition. When I went into audition as an actor for Sid the Science Kid, they were also uh, the producers and creator were looking you know, they needed to cast a female singer. Um, and they're like, you know, do you sing? And, you know, my head, ego is going mm, kind of, and my heart's like, yes, 
yes, I do. And so they're like, and of course that is what blurts out of my mouth is heart and love and spirit. (laughs) And I was like, oh gosh. And so they're like, okay, well, you know, maybe do you want to step out and think of what you'll sing and come back in? Um, And I would sing to my nephews that I used to take care of while I was going to college. And so the science kid is a show for kids. So it's like, well, I'll just sing the song that I sang to my nephews all the time to help them go to sleep, which was you are my sunshine. Um, and you know, as fate would have it, Donna who played the role of teacher Susie, she too is a singer. So she sang that, but, um, Hallie Stanford, who is the creator of the show, she loved my singing audition. And she's like, do you, are you doing anything with your singing? It's like, no, because trying to figure out and do one career here is, is, is proving to be challenging enough. So, and she's like, well, let me, you know, introduce you to the music producer on Sid and see if you guys kind of hit it off. Then, so I met him and we hit it off immediately. And he's like, well, um, come and pitch, you know, you have to songwrite, especially as an indie artist, you write your own songs. It's like, I do. And I literally had one that I had written. Um, so I went to the meeting and pitched that song. And uh, now I am 14 songs in. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. That's so wonderful. It really is great to 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 have these kind of burning things with that, that are more just kind of personal joys mm-hmm. to then finally get to release it. You show it to the world and it's well received. It's something mm-hmm. that I assume now, you know, having gone through the various paths that you're in to now be on stage as a singer with other musicians around you, I assume it, it takes on even newer meaning and joy for you. It does. It's, um, you know, I, again, I think the most powerful moment was, um, Having overcome such a rough three and a half weeks before uh, the show with Air Supply at the Rose, it was a a night where, like, for the first time, because, you know, I, as we all do, I have nerves and butterflies and stuff, and I had the butterflies, but it felt like (laughs) I've literally been through the ringer (laughs) to get there that night to really earn that moment. Um, and to be able to really connect with the audience. Cause you know, my first album is called life lessons, love, you know, I write from my life experience. And so to share with that with them and, you know, to be opening for my favorite artists, um, it was all encompassing in like the best way possible just because I could have said no, but I remember that moment getting the email and it's like, well, this is fun timing, (laughs) you know, it's like literally (laughs) had ear surgeries. And that day I had just, you know, got home from uh, getting blood work done and doing a a CAT scan because they didn't know what was going on. They couldn't stop bleeding. Like it was just, awful and painful um and get that email and again my heart and my spirit like literally yes we're ready and my head's going wait a minute <laughs> well, I don't even know like and I had to wait a, a week and a half um before I would know if I could even hear at all out of my left ear which again is my stronger ear so there's part of me that's going this dream and all of this work and stuff, it's okay. 
justifying the fact that, well, maybe it's over. It's okay. And my heart's like, no, wait, you know, you're going to be fine. Mm. And so I, you know, reached out to my closest friends and my friend, Michelle, she's like, life happens in the yes, just say yes and trust it. You've got to put that energy out there that in three weeks and three days, everything is going to be fine. And, you know, my friend Claire's like, yeah, you love what you do. This is not going to stop you. Meet the challenge and just say yes. So I did. (laughs) And I started rehearsal with my bandmates with my ears still packed with cotton and medicine and like, I'm going to be so pitchy, but it's going to be okay. (laughs) It was just, just get ready. (laughs) No, it it certainly sounds like the, as you mentioned, your, your friends were there to support you and, and keep pushing you on. But there's obviously those times that, that inner voice, it's like, wait a minute, I don't know. Hold on. How do you personally deal with that inner critic, that, that voice that tells us to stop, wait, don't do that? It's a lot of things. Uh, yoga practice, meditation. I love Brene Brown. Um, I revisit her TED Talk on shame a lot because it deals with fear and how that spirals you into a place of saying no rather than saying yes. And I also, like, I love Abraham Hicks. Uh, The Alchemist is my favorite book. It was required reading when I began uh, my acting classes. So you understand, like, the fact that you have never given up and you're in it to create your personal legend. So, yeah, that changed everything. Um, That book especially probably one of the biggest inspirations of stay the course, no matter what. Yes, you're always going to have our ego. It's just there. It can be a really loud voice, but I will say uh, my yoga practice has taught me to hear it, acknowledge it, but also in that process, in that practice of stretching, literally physically opening your heart, um, you start to hear your heart's voice and your spirit's voice much louder. And it's at the same level and Oftentimes, when it's the things you love most, it's the loudest voice. So, I mean, that's how I work through that now. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I was taking an acting class this past summer. It was taking the Meisner training because I'd never taken strict Meisner. And it's really about the person. It's about our own wishful thinking. It's about the things that we want. It's about what are we bringing of ourselves you know, obviously we, we play a range of characters and that's the goal is to have a wide spectrum of characters that we can play, but we still have to infuse ourselves. We still have to bring the bits and pieces of ourselves that are grounded, that we know without a shadow of a doubt, we we know ourselves. And that was really some of the hardest work yeah. of, of really knowing myself. I assume you've been on a similar journey of finding out who Misty is. Oh, absolutely. Um, and again, I mean... I entered the journey of a yogi for physical health and I had no idea, you know, cause we absorb our traumas, our, uh, you know, joys, all of it, it is in our bodies. So to start to undo that and to really know yourself, you know, I remind my students all the time. It's like, the inner dialogue of your head, especially that weighted stuff, the negative stuff of when you look at yourself in the mirror, you know, we're the fastest ones to cut ourselves apart. Are you able to also look at yourself and compliment yourself? So finding that 
healthy balance because, you know, yeah, we're always going to have ego, but finding your heart and to really look at yourself and really love yourself, that's really intense and really important. And a lot of my students, they don't look at themselves. They look at the floor a lot. And it's like, see yourself, you know, that person in your reflection there, that's your best friend. It has to be all of your relationships and all of your experiences extend from that. Yeah. I mean, as a dancer, I mean, that was more what you did, whereas I was never a dancer, never felt comfortable with it. And I, I did the same thing. I was always looking down either at my feet, mm-hmm. what what are they doing? And and particularly what are other feet doing <laughs> that I'm not doing? You know, how do I keep up? So, so yeah, that sense of always looking down, I, choreographers were constantly having to tell me, pick your face up, look out, look out. And also because that mirror, when you're rehearsing is right in front of you, I didn't want to see myself of what I was doing or not doing. So when we're out of our comfort zone, whether it's, you know, a singer like myself doing dancing or whether it's an actor, you know, doing doing some of the character work that you've done. As you said, you had to learn how to portray those suit characters. There is this sense of fear, of dread. You already kind of are expecting the failure before it's even happened. Yeah. As an artist, it's very vulnerable. You are sharing yourself, your heart, your soul (laughs) with people. So um, I definitely, I felt it with both characters. Like I got really anxious a few days before because I put my heart and my soul and all of my life experience into these characters. So it was intense. (laughs) It's like, I don't know if they're going to like him or hate him. And, you know, (laughs) and then it all, you know, swings back around to you. You did it. You did the work and, you know, you came every day with love. So um, at the end of the day, that's, that's enough. Well, you yourself have had, and we've we've talked about many of them, the the creative aspects that you've gotten to uh, to perform, whether it's in in suits, whether it's through voiceovers, singing, acting, the dancing. Is there one that you feel like you're most misty whenever you do it? Hmm. Ugh, no, that's hard. It's um, I would say <laughs> um, the one that hmm, I guess probably. I know. Yeah, there's no like right answer for one. Um, well, but you had something in your mind. What was the one you had in your mind? Um, dancing, you know, okay. movement. Um, I know that singing is very much in me. Like, uh, but I spent so many years in that place of my ears are holding me back, so it doesn't always feel as natural. But I feel very free, and I forget about my height, and I. You know, my favorite choreographer that I dance with all the time, Terry Best, is like, you dance big. You dance like you're six feet tall. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to use every inch of this four foot nine body. So, because I have to. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, I've, I I want to end with one question because uh, you you have Baby Yoda there behind you. Yeah. And, and, I, and of course, I have to ask, <laughs> what is it like being on set? Obviously, you know, in, in reality, we know it's a puppet. But it has it brings such life, especially whenever you're watching the show. There's such life. There's such it it is. I mean, 
it could almost be called the Baby Yoda series as opposed to Mandalorian because <laughs> that that that's what people love. What is it like being on set with this this adorable puppet that people love so much? He's very distracting. <laughs> I love him, yeah. and you know, obviously, I'm super close friends, and those are my coworkers, uh, all of the team at Legacy. So anytime they know that. I love him so much. So like, I'll, you know, just walk on like, hi baby. And you know, they'll animate his face and like turn his head and we'll just have a conversation. <laughs> um, I, I noticed that because in watching the gallery, which is kind of all of that behind mm-hmm. the scenes stuff for Mandalorian, they show so many times when the directors or other crew members or actors will just like, you know, not with cameras on, but we'll just like have a conversation. Yeah, I assume that happens yeah, frequently. He's so cute. Um, You know, yeah, I just, I'm obsessed. I love him. (laughs) So, yeah, I just remember, like, especially Deb Chow, she'd be like, Miss, remember, don't touch the baby. You know, you're a grumpy old man. You don't care that he's there. It's like, I know, I promise. Because usually, like, during rehearsal or whatever, I'd be like. Yeah, yeah, I can only imagine. It must be hard to stay in character because Baby Yoda will steal every scene he's in. Yeah. You know, I was just so, I was excited. So I told my friends, especially in Frog Lady, when that was a scene that they actually um, added later when Mando brings him over. and was like, can you take care of him for a while? But it's like when he handed him to me, like, and I turn um, literally my face in the costume is like, <laughs> I was like, Yay. so um yeah I was just always anytime there were scenes like I get to hold him or I get to carry him or you know save him I was just really I was just so excited <laughs> so because I mean my characters are like I like to think of them as more of the everyday heroes they're not like the superheroes but they're the heroes that we all have in our lives um that are there for you every day As a special bonus addition to this episode, I wanted to include the final five questions. Normally, this is part of the interview that is reserved for those who support this podcast on a monthly basis. But I wanted to give you a taste of what these final five conversations are like and the deeper lessons we get into in these bonus members-only episodes. Now we're going to do these last final five questions. So we'll start with number one. If you could have had any other job, the, the many artistic creative uh, paths that you've taken, if you could have any other job outside of those artistic expressions, what would it be? I have, um, it's a two-part answer. Because, <laughs> okay. right. you know, as far as um, my belief system, I mean, this is it. You know, these this job, this... Um, creative endeavor um it's you know my my happy place but to be fair (laughs) and to answer that question um I would a job that I would love would be to be a co-director uh at a retreat in Mm. Brazil like the northern part of Brazil right there at the edge of the rainforest um where, you know, me and my, the other directors uh, teach yoga and, you know, it's all about just like health and nutrition, but also, 
every day there has to be a karma job as well, whether it is cleaning the beach or planting trees in the rainforest, um, taking care of the animals, um, taking care of each other. I would like that job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Some way of, of giving back, of going beyond yourself and contributing to others, right? Yes. I like that. I like that. Well, number two, what role or character has been the biggest stretch for you as an actor? I would say Quill, just the entire experience of it, you know, um, going in to do a cold reading audition. You know, we trained for that in our acting classes, but, you know, showing up with courage and enthusiasm, despite the fact of being nervous and also not being able to hear that day, um, it was, you know, a big challenge. And then, you know, getting the role Again, going into rehearsal with all of these uh, superstars and John Favreau and Dave Filoni, having courage again, show up, you know, be prepared, have courage. And, right, right you know, because you have to feel like you deserve to be in that room as well. Yes. Yeah. So that was a big deal for me to really, to honor that, you know, and it's like, I'm here because I've worked, you know, really, really hard for a really long time. So trust that, trust that they chose you for a reason. <laughs> so, and obviously the physical work that he required uh, every, you know, day in and day out and the stamina um, and the strength, you know, not just physical, but mental to you know, handle it all and um, maintain a calm uh, you know, when all of my puppeteers are coming up and, you know, they want to try something new and it's like, okay, okay, okay. You know, and trying to get air at the same time and, you know, <laughs> eye drops in my eyeballs. <laughs> yeah. He was, um, just a great love, uh, but he was definitely a challenge for sure. <laughs> now now to, to sidetrack just a little bit, Whenever you, uh, whenever you did audition, did you know it was even for a Disney Star Wars project, or was it? Yeah, right. No. It was one of those hidden things, right? Yep, I had no yeah. idea what I was auditioning for, and uh, there was like a good month of I think back and forth with production and casting and stuff. Because uh, at the time, I was very, very focused and driven in the direction of my music and all of that. And I remember my agent saying, you know. I've told you for a long time, you need to get your, you know, your suit performance and motion capture and, you know, performance artist reel together. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, but, I'll get you that. You know, yeah. I, to this day, it's like, oh, I can't believe what it is that I was blowing off, you know, because I just send like clips and things and they would be said, she would send them one at a time. <laughs> it's like, oh man. So I did. For her sake, as well as mine, afterwards I did get my reel updated. <laughs> and, so. and then, and then once you got the part, then obviously there's a lot of secrecy around these scripts. And and then when Quill passes away, I mean that 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 had to be kind of kept under wraps. So that there's there's a lot of delayed, I guess, gratification of your mm -hmm. performance, right? When it comes to these, yeah, I was because um, I had it was at a time, you know, obviously 2019. Um, when I was just nervous, like I was not looking forward to watching that chapter because uh, my closest friends would come over and we would watch all the shows. And so when chapter seven was coming, I was really um, anxious. And, you know, my friend Garen, his uh, son, he was about 
11. It's like, oh God, this is going to be awful. Mm. And sure enough, like he's like lost his mind. And I just like, I didn't say anything because there's nothing that you can say. I just gave him like a big hug, you know? So, um, and people, yeah, Garen, they were so upset. And all my friends, like it was just this, you know, very, very quiet, uh, that just happened and they were all crying and really mad at me. It's like, right. <laughs> write it. <laughs> because there is that, you care about him so much. <laughs> I know. Cause there so. is that sense of disbelief. Cause you see, cause you see his helmet. I'm like, no, 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 no. He's, he, he's okay. He's somewhere else. And, yeah. and, and even then when he's on the ground, it's like, no, 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 he's okay. He's a, and, and <laughs> yeah. there's just this, you know, the denial, you know, so mm-hmm. it, it, so yeah. much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there was such a connection with that character. And so, and so it's interesting that you say that that was one of your biggest stretches because I think watching his journey, his was such a different voice on the show from the other characters. And so I, I can see why you would, resonate differently with that one and why that would be, be such a stretch as a, as an actor just and and as a person. I mean, we definitely had a lot in common, but um, it was just reminding myself and obviously working with my directors too, to keep him grounded, keep him slow, um, you know, and that was challenging because it's like, carrying the weight of that costume. It's almost like sometimes I would use momentum to get him moving. So, (laughs) um, but to try to keep him grounded all through that. Yeah. It was, um, I needed to focus, you know, Mm. every second that I was on set on camera, um, to really make him believable. Yeah. Well, number three, who or what inspires you most as an artist and a creative? Uh, this one was hard uh, when I was, you know, going over the questions. Like, uh, there's so many, so many people and so much. But if I were to, you know, I, obviously narrowing it down, um, the what that inspires me is, and we've talked about it, the book, The Alchemist. And, you know, I always encourage everybody to read it. I read it uh, annually um, at the beginning of every year as I, you know, we all continue on because we're all persons in progress. So um, the, the story resonates differently as you, you know, move through your life and you experience your life. Uh, So the alchemist is the book that inspires me the most. And the person is, you know, my boss, our showrunner, John Favreau. Um, He's just he's a creator, you know, from comedy, uh, to drama, you know, to being behind the camera and in front of the camera. Um, you know, chef, that movie is on Netflix and it's just, it's like, I loved it. It's so beautiful. And, you know, obviously every Christmas with Elf, I laugh through the entire, you know, story. And then, getting to say and emote his words um, for these characters on Star Wars. It's just sometimes I'm like, I can't believe this is happening to me. (laughs) And I'm really grateful (laughs) to him. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I I will say Mandalorian, because I've I've seen his work both, as you mentioned, both on and off camera uh, throughout the years, but it seems like Mandalorian just seems like a very personal project for him. And so it, Mm -hmm. it seems like we're getting a bit more of him, through this show than I think others. Yeah, you can tell. And I loved, I've always loved getting to act and, 
and breathe life into these characters and say his words and, you know, the monologues that I get to say, you know, frog ladies, and especially when she's trying to plead with Mando and explain her situation. Um, it was really cool because he's always there with us on set. <laughs> um, I think, you know, what I chose to do with that moment. Um, I think it really touched him and my team from legacy in the back of me is like, Oh my God, you know? (laughs) So it's like, that was so emotional. (laughs) So I was like, well, yeah, it's her fight moment of, you know, (laughs) this is it. So please, you know, help me. (laughs) Well, speaking of fighting for a moment, number four, what is a personal lesson that took you a while to learn or one that you're still working on to this day? I think the most important one was uh, life happens in the yes. And that it's easy to say that and yeah, 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 when things are, are, are going fairly smoothly, it's quite something else, you know, when, Uh, And I can refer back to it. (laughs) You know, I had three ear surgeries and I didn't know if I would ever recover hearing in my left ear, which again was my good ear. And still saying yes uh, to a really big show at the Rose for opening for Air Supply in three weeks and three days from that moment. Um, And just you know, the power in saying yes to the things that you love the most. You know, oftentimes we do get caught up in nerves and fear and just the blocks that we tend to have, you know, in our head with ego and stuff. Even if it's just the faintest yes that you can hear from your Hmm. heart, uh, listen, you know, and just take baby steps. Is there a time that you can think of where, you said no, and then and then later on you realized, oh, that was a moment to say yes. Oh, of course, with um, dancing, just stopping after, like you know, getting all of the the nose and the rejection from agencies. You know, there's obviously lessons in that too, but you know, it is one of those moments where it's just like I just didn't trust my journey. And let go of something that I really love. And I don't Mm. recommend that. And it was my mom who actually, you know, very gently (laughs) kept like talking to me. It's like, why aren't you dancing anymore? Why aren't you going to class? And it's like, we've talked about this and I've cried on the phone about (laughs) this with you. And it's just like, Mm. I can't, there's no place for me up here in LA as a dancer. You know, I can't do it professionally. So I've got to go to the place and do stunt work and stuff. Cause I need to pay my rent and, you know, pay my bills and everything and dancing. I can't do that. So just like, well, I still think that, you know, you can think about it, but you should go, you know, for your heart. Cause I know how much you love to dance and how happy it makes you. And it's like, drug my feet for a bit. And <laughs> it's like, I did go back. And <laughs> then after a year of just dancing for me, you know, for no reason, there was no, I wasn't looking for auditions or, you know, going to try for an agency. Um, I found a, an audition for a dance company and I submitted. I don't know why. I just decided to. And uh, they liked my reel and my photo and stuff. And they said, come and audition for us. And I actually did become a professional dancer with the Darden Dance Company. And I got to be oh, in wonderful. the Nutcracker and this other amazing emotional show called Circus of Love. So, yeah, 
things, dreams do come true, um, not necessarily linearly, but they do. I mean, it took you a while <laughs> to get to that yes, but when you finally said it, then it opened up a really, it sounds like a dream experience for you. It yeah. does. Yeah. So the yes actually really, really happens for you all, I promise. You just have to be willing to navigate through some rough stuff too and still say yes and not give up. Well, I mean, we've almost answered number five, but what is the most useful advice that you've received and and how have you applied it to your life? Really, most recently, I'm going to be shooting an indie film in a few weeks where I am not in a costume. I'm a supporting (laughs) actor and uh, this role, this character, I have the same tenacity as she does, but I don't live it outside like she does. So I've been working on how that's going to be for me. And I remember just like I've been doing uh, my training sessions for this character and um, I took a picture and shared a little bit. And my a good friend of mine who's a New York uh, director, Hugh Martin, he's like, he's like, how you doing, honey? He's like, I'm good. I'm very excited. I'm very, very nervous, but I'm very excited. And to quote him, he said, if you're not nervous, you're not alive. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that was, um, it was just like, oh, yes, thank you, wise one. <laughs> so, because it's so true. And um, again, it just refers back to it's okay to feel the butterflies. You know, it does, it reminds you how much you care about what you're doing. Uh, so that's a good thing. Um, and then just, um, and, you know, Basically, in order to fight fear, you know, act, um, keep preparing, like work on the dialogue and the lines and the energy and all of that. So then I, you know, you feel more secure in what you're doing when you go to do it, even though I know I'm going to feel the butterflies. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I greatly appreciate you sharing your your butterflies, your nervousness, (laughs) as well as your mountaintop moments with us. It's really been a joy to talk to you. Oh, thank you so much, Patrick. It's been really fun to speak with you and, and share this. And again, just my only hope is to inspire people to just go after the things you love. I promise you, you'll get there. (laughs) Love it. Love it. (laughs) All right. We did it. We did it. Yay! Thank you so much. Thank you so You're much. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I've, I, I got to admit that, um, you know, I, when I reached out to you, it really was on a lark, you know, because I, I, you know, obviously I saw the Mandalorian and then I started following you on, on Instagram. And, uh, and so I, I appreciate you kind of answering the the message of this stranger <laughs> reaching out to you. So I, I, I greatly appreciate that. But yeah, I have to admit that this is one of the the more exciting interviews I've I've looked forward to uh, getting to meet you. So just know that um, that your story, that your characters, that you do really do resonate. I know you're behind so much prosthetic and and costume, but just know that that you and your spirit do come through. So it, I just wanted to you. say that to you. <laughs> that means a lot coming from you. <laughs> it's like <laughs> he's from New York. He's like you know because I have a lot of New York friends and um and they're like. Yeah, he's legit. <laughs> so I was like, I know, I know all about you, New Yorkers. You're serious too with your craft and 
you know, it's, it's a beast there too. Like there's so many yeah. talented people. So that's the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I had, <laughs> I had my own back in 2005. That was my uh, fork in the road of, do I go to LA or do I go to New York? So that was kind of the, yeah. the year I decided mm-hmm. that New York was going to be it. So Good. Yeah, they're just different. As you said, they're different beasts altogether. Yeah. Of tackling yeah. Them. It's um, LA, you know, can be a lot of times it's the really pretty people. Um, like perfect, pretty people. I'm like, what am I doing here? So, you know, but again, if you really love what you do, you'll find your, you'll find your stride and, and where you belong in all of it. Yeah. Do you know if you're coming back for season three? I hope so. It's my biggest wish. Um, you know, but I'm also one of those that's like, I don't want it to become this thing where anytime people see like a little character or something. It's like, Oh, that's Misty. You know um, I would want it to be special and, you know, and be like meaningful rather than I guess like my thing. And trust me, this is hard because I wish I could be there every day with everybody. Um, But uh, quality versus quantity. So Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm hoping I'm training for it, but sometimes I don't know like because this new role I whispered that wish of like I'm scared but I do want to do more you know creative endeavors outside of costumes too so it's like okay here you go I'm call it nerve sided, so <laughs> nervous and excited all that at the is, same time. Yeah, that is the, that is a great way to put it yeah yeah I, I remember when I went on for my very first I booked my first prime time. It was for Blue Bloods, and I was in wow. a scene with Tom Selleck. Oh my you know, god! So, gr- yeah. so growing up like- with Magnum PI, I was like, "Oh my gosh, Tom Selleck!" <laughs> and then when we're on break, we go back, and it's just Tom Selleck, me, <laughs> and and the other guy. That there were three of us in that scene, and so we're just hanging in the tent. Back, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I'm just sitting with Tom Selleck as he puffs away on a cigar, just no. chit chatting. Like, what uh-huh. is my life?" <laughs> Seriously, I said the exact same thing, you know, cause I'm sitting there next to Pedro and I love Pedro. I'm just like, what is my life right now? What is happening? And I'm like having to do these emotional monologues in front of him. I'm just like, I don't know what is <laughs> happening, but you know, just, just keep going. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do, oh, oh, believe me. I, I, I refer to the gallery a lot because I think, I mean, it's one of the best, I think, behind the scenes when it comes to a series because it gets into the technical elements, which I really enjoy. Like, how do they do that? But then it also talks about the acting and yeah. being on set and what that means. And even though my main apparatus is theater, musical theater, if I could get on a show like that and work with that kind of people, for, forget that, yes, there's the Star Wars mystique, but just the those kind of people and that kind of work ethic and that kind of family atmosphere, yeah. that's that, that's what I've really only found in theater. I haven't seen it too much when I'm, you know, on a TV or film set, but that, and I'm sure you can speak to it, that yeah. feels really like a family. Yeah, it is. You know, I mean, again, I've had like, these rare opportunities, you know, cause I really like the idea of acting and acting class scared me to death. Like no way. Um, but I remember watching Anthony Hopkins on the set of instinct and um, that day, like on the actual set, it was closed. They had, they asked everybody to leave 
uh, with the exception of the people in the scene and, you know, Tony and our director, uh, John Turtletop. And so I just kind of sneaked over, you know, just very quietly, not trying to be disrespectful or anything, but I just wanted to watch so I knew what scene it was. And it was just the most emotional thing I've ever seen, you know, watching it video village. And you could tell like, whatever he was going to use, like whatever was in his head, he went from like zero to a thousand in like a half a second. And it was just quite something to see and uh, very moving. And I just remember thinking, I want to learn the technique of how to do that. So, and again, you're just watching this legend, you know, do his thing. So it's like mm-hmm. the best master class ever. And that's how I felt with Pedro too, you know, watching and listening what is on the page and what he brings to it when, you know, speaks it and emotes it. Yeah. It really brings, really cool. brings it to life. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I certainly hope that, that you come back, you know, in whatever way that you would like to come back in season <laughs> three. Yeah. So I hope there's a place for you there. And yeah. Yeah. And who knows, maybe I'll, maybe I can make a little guest appearance, a stormtrooper. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I'd you love should. that. I'd love that. <laughs> Well, I will certainly hold on to that bucket list goal of being in a Star Wars series someday. But I have to admit, this conversation with Misty has become its own fulfilled bucket list item. I certainly hope you got as much out of this conversation as I have. So if you did, please share this conversation with anyone who you think could benefit from the topics and lessons that we've talked about today. Another way to support Why I'll Never Make It and my work as host and producer of this podcast is by going to whyillnevermakeit.com and show that support through either a one-time donation or monthly giving. This will allow me to continue the growth of this podcast and bring on even more guests like Misty. Again, that's whyillnevermakeit.com and click on the support button. Well, I wanted to finish out today's episode with a little support for Misty and her music career by playing a sample of one of her latest singles, appropriately titled, Thank You. And rather than me introducing the song, I'll just let Misty do the honors. Because of all of the sudden um, notoriety, I guess, or just like all of a sudden having a lot of fans and so much love. And, you know, I wrote the song, Thank You, to basically say thank you to everybody. My sister once asked me, how did you get here? I said the journey's been long, the road ain't paved in gold, no. My sister once asked me, how does it feel now? First, I didn't respond, but then my smile grew wide, and I said.
Thank you so much. It was so nice to meet you. And I was so excited for this one because, again, it's just like your questions and everything. I was excited to share like such a meaningful journey, not to boast or anything, but to hopefully someone out there that's struggling, you know, uh, give them some hope and encouragement and um, remind them it's like it's not going to be easy, but you know, trust it. Just keep saying yes and you know, keep going to class. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but believe me, I do these interviews just as much for myself. So, I mean, these questions really do come from me as, as far as things that I, I that I question that I'm trying to learn myself. Right. So, it, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's very personal to me as well. Cool, thank you. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.